1: Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. School myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An, An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Your
0: this week on The Million Dollar Plan, we talked charity. charity. No, not the girl I went to third grade with. Her parents named her Charity. wonder how that worked out for her. She's dancing. Anyway, so uh, this week we're talking charity. Uh, how it affects uh, your uh, brain, uh, your wealth, your ability to view money Differently, Uh, we're coming at it from a a lot of different angles this week. Uh, I'm going to welcome our guest in just a moment, but I I want to go uh, uh, for you to think about this. The entire episode on the Million Dollar Plan this week. I want you to think about this: is that uh, you are Plan A. There is no Plan B. Like I'm obsessed with this. My my man, Mr. Kinetic, who does all the music for the show, uh, he is he he loves to preach that, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. When you think about your community and you think about, oh, well, that stinks. I wish I weren't that way. Guess what? Do it. Do something to fix it. No one else could fix it. You have to fix it. And so it's through this lens that we welcome the Chief Engagement Officer of Bloomerang, uh, Stephen Shattuck, to the program. Stephen, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. That's good to have you in the studio here. Yeah. It's uh, beautiful. Well, it's pretty great. <laughs> um, so, so for some background, why are you here? What, Bloomerang, uh, it sounds like a, um, a tech company. It is. Okay. And wh- <laughs> I like that something can sound like a tech company. I know. Orange Gerbil, what do you do? Right. Oh, we're a tech company. <laughs> um, so what does Orange Gerbil do? What, what does Bloomerang do? We make software that nonprofits
2: use to manage all of their supporters, donors, volunteers, board members,
0: employees, all those people who love that nonprofit. Okay. So you make software to mm-hmm. help uh, organizations ma- manage their donors, yeah. uh, more or less. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I always like to go with the idea that sometimes there's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. What's What's funny about Bloomerang is the problem you're solving has existed for so long Yep and people knew that there was a problem, they didn't know what the problem was, Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you're a charitable organization and you go to your donors consistently, and then you get burnout or or, or oversaturation, it becomes an issue, and what you guys do is help manage that process.
2: Yeah, and we want to help people maintain the donors they already have, rather than having to go out and reacquire new people every year, which is very expensive and time-consuming,
0: and not as fun as retaining donors. So, my USA Today column this past week was uh, somewhat about this topic of charity, of that I think it's better to be a proactive member of your community than a reactive giver. Uh, an example of that is when a Girl Scout comes and knocks on your door <laughs> and, and slings tag alongs uh, at you in Samoas, That that is reactive giving. Uh, proactive giving is, Stephen, when you find something. That concerns you within your community and you're like, you know, I, 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 I feel moved. I got to do something.
2: Giving is a form of activism at the end of the day. Yeah. So if you're someone who sees something happening in the world that you feel powerless to help or, or stop or have some kind of impact on nonprofits are that, that bridge between a donor and that cause that they want to
0: help. All right. So Giving is a form of activism. I've mm-hmm. never heard it put that way. <laughs> is that yours or did you steal that? I probably absorbed it from yeah. some other person. That's really good. <laughs> I want my column back. I want to rewrite that. And <laughs> yeah, claim. we can rewrite that. Uh, giving is a form of activism. Now, let, let's also, uh, there's a couple things in, in current events that, mm-hmm. that speak to this. Um, the situation in Aleppo, which yep. I can't pretend to fully understand right. or comprehend, for that matter. But you feel powerless. And you want to I help. mean, yeah, I remember thinking earlier this week, just clearly this is awful. Not a lot's being done. Mm-hmm. And um, you always want to feel like, empowered to do something. Because yeah. I know if something's going on in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I happen to live, if something's going on I don't like it, I'm actually geographically in a position to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Can't do anything about Aleppo. But I did see a lot of past, uh, posts on the internet going on of like, Seven places you can donate to if you're upset about Aleppo. So Mm -hmm. that is a form of of activism. Absolutely.
2: And the nonprofits that are good at retaining donors and creating meaningful relationships, they see themselves as just sort of a pass through. You know, they don't get in the way of, of letting the donor help that cause or
0: that fight that they care about. I a lot of people get uh, reluctant to give, become mm-hmm. reluctant to give, and they get caught up with this idea of, well, what's the charity do with the money? Right? <laughs> right. So, and, and, you know, um, it, to me, it's a similar argument of people who don't stay for a kid's college under education under the guise of, well, it's just so expensive. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? Wait, how <laughs> does the problem get solved with abstain- abstaining from the process? Right. And. You know? one of the top reasons that donors stop giving
2: is that the nonprofit does not report back on how those dollars are being
0: spent. Okay, so I like this. Yes. And this which gets really into sort of uh, (laughs) um, how I like to give. And Mm -hmm. and, and by no means am I I, I claiming to know what works. I just know what works for me. Mm -hmm. I got to know physically, physically what happens with my gift, so much so that I will give something other than money because I want whatever, I want the manifestation of the gift to be, I just just make it happen. Right. So you send maybe in-kind gifts, like blankets or canned goods or things Signed like Signed books. Yeah. No, okay, I'm just should. kidding. Yeah. No, well, you know, just for kindling. <laughs> um, yeah, right? In-kind gifts. So recently, uh, um, a domestic violence shelter in the town in which we, we share mm-hmm. here, uh, we live, um, they were short on sheets. And so to me, well, let's just send a bunch of sheets. Mm-hmm. Right, and what was smart, in my opinion, about um, Coburn Place, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna name names, great organization, we're gonna name drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they serve uh, women and children in their darkest hour. Uh, domestic violence survivors don't know where to go, need a place to go. Coburn Place is there to help them. What Coburn Place did right, in my opinion, is they didn't say, "Hey, we help people in their darkest hour. Send us a bunch of money." Right, right. And coming off of Giving Tuesday. That's a lot of what you got. That's all all I got. And and, and look, I'm very active in my community, but I became jaded this Giving Tuesday with how many people were just like, hey, tax deductible, give us $250. Right. And we're going to see that over the next two weeks since
2: we're talking in mid December right now of, hey, you know, it's tax season. You want to get that gift in before tax time. And that's not a very compelling reason.
0: Yeah. No, it's not. Like, (laughs) so my my theory, and not to, to make this too binary, I think you're either. A, a supporter of your community or your supporter of yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That's a little intense. I'm very sorry. I don't know. Maybe you're listening to this at 6 a.m. You haven't had your coffee. And I say that, and you're like, I, my stomach feels acidic now. But you're <laughs> either a supporter of your community or you're a supporter of yourself. And how you vote is with your money and your time and your mm-hmm. economic resources. And and so I think this is where people get caught up is they have their own personal financial goals. They, they say, well, my goal is to send my daughter to college. Right. So if I give hundred dollars to, you know, uh, Meals for Seals, it's a it's an organization that <laughs> serves real, meals to to seals. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that exists. Does it exist? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I hope so. I hope it does too. Um, anyway, so if I give a hundred bucks to Meals for Seals, then my daughter Lucille can't go to college. You know? Maybe. I think that charitable giving
2: can displace other other sort of spends, right? Maybe I'll I'll give $100 to Coburn Place rather than going out to dinner this week. Sure. And charitable giving is very good about, at least in my personal life, and maybe you feel the same way, about displacing those things
0: that don't feel as good to do with your money. Yeah, you know, this also is classified in the category of um, this, this is kind of gross if you get into it, is giving you some perspective. <laughs> okay. You know, it's like when someone, you're watching the news and someone dies in a car accident, that's supposed to give you perspective? It's like, well, sometimes when when you, when you hear of someone in need, mm-hmm. it's not that it's life's put into perspective, it's just all of a sudden you see their, their needs versus your needs. It's and tangible. If, yeah, and if you want to call it perspective, call it perspective, but... I like to think that we're not so myopic and, and so self-centered that that we don't realize that if I go out and order a nice bottle of wine, that in some way, there's the reality that there's someone in my community that hasn't eaten dinner in, th- in three nights. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's not perspective. That's just reality. Right. I guess. And yeah. the nonprofits
2: who, who get a lot of money through their appeals will communicate that impact. And to use your example, you know, give, 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 it's end of tax time or whatever. That doesn't work as well as this is a person who desperately needs your help right now. You can help them yes. through us. It's it's the donor that is making those things possible. Not the organization, not the people who work there necessary, but it's all about the donor doing those things.
0: Now, I know you know a lot about this stuff, but I always like <laughs> these conversations because I feel like I figured something out, but I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know you do. And I think... A big part of what what charitable organizations try to do, and it becomes uh, robotic, is that's why we got to tell our story, mm-hmm. you know. And then and then every story ends up being generic yes. because everyone's telling this same story because that's the marketing uh, package they bought, right? Right. Rather than just saying,
2: "Hey, this is a kid who went through our program. He just graduated college, first in his family, and your donation made it made it possible." And when you do that, you get the donor. Addicted to that impact, and that's why they keep giving. I mean, they cannot help it. Let's
0: talk about that after the break the sort of the effect in what the giver gets out of, mm-hmm. both metaphysically uh, and otherwise. So, we're Stephen Shattuck, the chief engagement officer at Stop what you're
1: doing and <laughs> hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner.
0: Hamster.com. <laughs> Don't go there. I mean, it could be a Japanese site when there's all sorts of things happening.
1: All right, so uh, a
0: million-dollar plan. Update the clear.
1: Sound good to me. Um, uh, uh, I never question the right of any man. The voice, his opinion is strong against any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revenge the camp again. Put down the stamp again. Talk to my plan.
0: I went to the uh, rodeo in Las Vegas last week. I told you I was going to tell you about it. I went to the National Finals Rodeo. I don't know why. Look, it's the NFR. But let's be honest. If you're going to name the the Super Bowl of of rodeos, why would you call it the NFR? National Finals Rodeo? It makes sense. Anyway, I went, and it was amazing. Oh, Stephen Shattuck, uh, Chief Engagement Officer of Bloomerang, joins us. Hello again. Hello. Uh, So anyway, uh, Vegas. I don't like Vegas. The... (laughs) The rodeo was insane, and I loved it. I love a good show. Why was it in Vegas? That doesn't seem to... Good question. Um, so uh, it's in the west. I don't know if you... Uh, okay, you can map. buy that. Um, so rodeo is primarily large uh, west of the Mississippi, mm-hmm. right? And so it's sort of a central place. It's a big show. It's been there for decades. And I can tell you, man, I- I'm not a rodeo guy, as you might know, via the scarf I'm wearing. <laughs> It was a great show. It was hmm. like 90 minutes to, to two hours of just pure entertainment. So I urge anyone uh, in December, every year, as the national finals rodeo huh. uh, at the Thomas and Mack Center in, in Vegas, go. This seems like an elaborate cover-up for what you were actually I, doing I was there uh, <laughs> completing my shoot for my calendar. There you go. Um, the in which I'm, I'm greased up and shirtless. So, <laughs> Stephen, we're talking about uh, the gift that keeps on giving, which is charity. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and I happen to believe you're not going to be able to deal with your own money until you can understand money. And I think part of that is knowing that money is a resource that that is needed to serve people other than yourself. And you're either for your community or you're for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're for yourself, you don't understand the impact of this. So much so that you know there's, this, there's a term for it, I can't think of it. Stephen you probably know it but are too polite to say it. It's where people gain a tremendous amount of wealth and then they give vanity gifts out of guilt. Yes. You know, that's a thing. It is. That's and it doesn't thing. have to be big gifts either. Yeah, or what you do is you get donations from other people and then clear them through and claim them as your own donations and <laughs> buy paintings and things. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. But that's like a good thing. <laughs> I, I, but see, I think on the, on, on the elementary level here, anyone with any wealth, with any money, with any resources, aren't giving vanity gifts, they're giving gifts of themselves to the community. Yeah, it's it's prioritization. We were talking about
2: this before when mm-hmm. we weren't recording, but you know, there's an old adage that says no one ever went broke from giving or from donating. You yeah. can go broke buying things for yourself, but something odd happens when you are giving money away to charitable causes. Uh, it makes you feel good, and it, and it tends to put other spends in perspective.
0: Can we go ahead and... I think we need to enter tithing into this conversation real quick. Even if it, even if it, uh, here's the thing: Um, giving to others, uh, whether you're giving to your church or a homeless teenage organization like Outreach out of Indianapolis area, Mm -hmm. um, who you give to and how you support your community—that's on you and in your business. So I never really when people say, "Can I really afford to tithe?" That's between you and, and and someone else, not me. Right, right. How, yeah. how do you guys view that as an organization? I mean, you and I have never really actually talked about sort of uh, re- uh, re- divine giving, right? right? What do you What do you think about this? Well, I know that some,
2: you know, some religions sort of require it, and yeah. perhaps that takes away from the things that we've been talking about today about <laughs> maybe being a little bit more of an activist and choosing where to help and things like that, but. You know, I think one of the values of tithing is it just kind of comes out of the pie and then you're left with just a slightly smaller pie and you're just sort of all, it's already taken care of and then you can concentrate on all those other things. I think there's value to
0: that. I go to church. Mm-hmm. And I give to my church. Yeah. But you know, man, I'm a, I feel like, are, do you have lightning proof shirt on? Are you, are you good? I do. I
2: do. It's underwear but it's Okay.
0: So <laughs> I get more out of giving the way I give outside of church than I do to church.
2: No surprise. Yeah.
0: That's, I feel that feels, I don't know what, why I feel like I'm going to get hit by weather. I
2: I think maybe it's because it feels like an obligation and charitable giving. The beauty of it is you are not obligated. You have chosen yourself to spend these dollars in the way that makes you feel good and achieves your philanthropic goals. And they're no one else's goals necessarily.
0: So this is the industry in which you thrive and you Mm -hmm. live and you work. And so not to get too personal about how that's you great. give, but I'm curious. I, I'm the type of giver that pops in and pops out. What interests mm-hmm. me at the time, I'm going to go and do something significant, and then I'm out. If you're going to e- send me a piece of mail asking for donation later, save your stamp. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. How, how do you tend to give? You are atypical from
2: from the most donors, which yeah. is okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that's a problem. Most households, according to research done by the Lilly School of Philanthropy and tons of other people. Most households don't spread their dollars around too many different organizations. Even if you are above a six-figure earning household, you're probably only you know what? Get...
0: I, I am. Oh yeah, I okay. just wanted to plant the seed. Yeah, uh, we we have six figures. One is okay. uh, uh, one. No, I don't. know. i was kidding. <laughs> kidding. But you know, let's be honest. I mean, I do this for a living. I, you you would hope it's it's resulted in, in at least six figures. So it's just yeah. put it out there. <laughs> It seems to be honest. But most people only give to
2: their church and a school that they have some connection with. And then there's usually only like one or two organizations that they give to beyond that. And they don't tend to um, give to many more organizations, but they do tend to give to different organizations because those nonprofits are not very good at communicating the impact of those gifts so they don't feel as though those gifts are doing very much so they go somewhere else
0: when you say school do you mean like an alma mater or do you mean like kids' school? could be
2: your alma mater could be somewhere you send your kids or grandkids or send uh you know one of your or send someone to college at
0: if you're hearing in the background that's not lightning hitting me from a few minutes ago there's a large truck driving by my studio and (laughs) apparently my windows were were uh made of paper mache (laughs) and they need some better windows Uh, don't try to sell me windows um so here's what's interesting Uh, so over over time i've gone to a lot of different places in a lot of weird ways a lot of sort of social media based giving Mm -hmm. uh hashtag give creatively and even so much so that i believe you and i've made bets in the past on football games and i've donated to charities that are important to you. Something out on the East Coast, what is this, Boston, something?
2: Oh, was it uh, Save Buzzards Bay?
0: Yes. yes. So I get emails and mail oh, from good. them all the time because I, I gave them money yeah. in, on your behalf. <laughs> and uh, well, I, I, I realize I'm an atypical giver. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is to suggest that people have a cause and they stick with that cause yes. and that's how they ride. But they may move organizations. No. That
2: serve the same cause. People tend to give because there has been some cause that has impacted their life. Maybe a, a loved one got an illness. Yeah, right. Or it, it's somewhere they used to live, which is that yeah. case for Buzzards Bay. Um, or they love rodeos and they give to the Rodeo Foundation or whatever. But it, that that is usually the source of it. And then it's a it's a matter of finding an organization that is a good steward of those gifts towards
0: that cause. I'm an emotional sort of sensitive person. I don't know whether you believe that or not, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I see something that moves me, I got to gotta act. Like this idea of, oh, that sucks for them. Like I can't end there because right. then I feel like I'm, I'm uh, part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Like it become, maybe it's guilt. I don't know what it is. But the second I see something, I'm like, oh, man, that's awful. I got to do something. And then it results in some movement.
2: Yeah, well, we're exposed to more, and maybe that's why you're so more susceptible to it with social yeah. media and 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 all the mass media that we are you know plugged into 24/7. We see more of the need than maybe you know past generations have.
0: So, a few more minutes left in the segment. Let's talk about what someone gets in return mm-hmm. from giving. You, know, you sent me a, a, an article this morning about yes. people are tracking the joy of giving within the brain. Yeah, this was a study that was done by the University of Oregon, and they basically
2: hooked people up to the equivalent of an an MRI. Um, And when someone gives money to a donation or to a a nonprofit, the pleasure center of their brain is activated. And that does not happen through everyday purchases. Sure. So you literally feel euphoric immediately after giving. So is it like a release of dopamine? Yeah, basically or? there's a little bit of rush there.
0: I have to admit, all right, so I... I felt that. You, I, did, I do feel that, and that's yeah. why I do it. You know, um, by no means is this episode about my charitable acts or lack thereof, <laughs> but uh, they are my point of reference, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Uh, I've had a, a scholarship for a first-generation student at my high school for the better part of 10 years mm-hmm. that I fund every year, and I feel great tracking those kids in the early parts of their career until they, they block me mm-hmm. and get restraining <laughs> orders. Um, but I I love it. It's like, it's not, they're my kids, but I feel I feel ownership in their success and not that I did anything about it, but I get to celebrate it with them. Yeah, and when you can report on those
2: things to other people who have donated to the fund, that's what gets them addicted because they feel so good about seeing that actual result of their
0: gifts and, and you know, put into place. All right, so here's what we're going to do after the break. I want to talk about when you are so moved by something that you not only donate, but maybe you start something. I got a story to share with you that I heard recently about an organization that's doing great things. It was all because someone's heartstring was being tugged on, and so they do what everyone does. I'll share that with you next. This is The Million Dollar Plan on Pete the Blamey.
1: Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown. Dashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean, so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards, old soul, Playing on my speakers, old soul, but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me every Indiana game. Grew
0: up around the country with the mindset oh, I was at an event this past uh week. So Stephen Shutter Chief engaged CEO company. Company. I am of Bloomerang. Uh J Love still the uh, CEO. He man? is also the CEO yeah, it's awkward. Um, I was at an event uh, this week for Outreach, which is an organization that serves homeless teens in the Indianapolis area. Um, side note to that, the mu- musician, the Academy Award nominee mus- uh, musician, John McLaughlin, performed at that. Um, he, he wrote the title track to Enchanted, which I think was a Disney movie, and he was uh, nominated for an Oscar. And he performed at the Oscars. He was there. By the way, again, super side note. Uh, Steven, the guy's about our, our age, I, I guess. Really nice guy. Oh, okay. Like, Good. Like All you ever want to do is when you meet someone notable is you just want them to be normal and nice. Right. Man, this guy was nice. That's wonderful. It was, it was, it was great. Anyway, uh, so the organization was founded because about 20 years ago, a guy named Eric Howard noticed sort of when a kid, a young person gets off track, uh, and they become homeless, and, and, and their entire life happens around this idea of people trying to take advantage of them, and get things from them, in just really nefarious, heinous ways that I don't want to talk about. He's like, I gotta do something. So, legit, he one day woke up, went to the store, got a bunch of uh, socks, and started just stuffing them in his pockets of his coat and his pants, made a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and put them in Ziploc bags, and just started walking around the street, and sort of uh, through ministry uh, to some degree, sort of witnessing to these kids and saying, look, I love you. It's going to be okay. Give me a hug. Which is weird at first, but now they serve 350 mm-hmm. homeless teens and, and young people. Uh, it's incredible. Great organization. 20 years. 20 years. And so at what point, and I don't know how much you guys do with this, at what point does a donor, someone that cares a lot about charity, whether they consistently donate to one place or they're to the community in general, at what point do you see someone just go, all right, now I'm making scarves for penguins. Like, well, like, what, what do you, how, do, how does that happen? It's, it's hard to start a nonprofit. Uh, there's
2: not a lot of resources out there for those people who are passionate about it um but the ones that have i mean they're salt of the earth they work for for nothing i mean they're they're putting things on credit cards and 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 begging and borrowing from loved ones for
0: money and stealing yeah sometimes they steal <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> you know I, I think in that regard you know what we've been talking uh, alluding to the fact that the reason we're having this episode today is because in order to, to have your—as my uh, Little League football coach, Teddy Ford, used to say, get your mind right. Mm-hmm. We were in third grade, and it was football, and then he'd, he'd cut. <laughs> get your mind right, <laughs> he would say to us. Um, when t- in terms of getting your mind right around football, or <laughs> giving, I should say, um, you have to understand that there are other things of worldly pleasures than money. And, and right, so there's people that finally end up saying, look, I'm going to give up stability, I'm going to give uh, financial success because this need is so strong, I need to fill it. And no one else is filling it.
2: I mean, that I think that's the the biggest uh, piece there.
0: Yeah. And so that's so interconnected to this whole conversation of at some point in time, you... It's up to it's up to you if you're moved by it. You can't be moved. It's like you're 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 in New Orleans and you stand for seven minutes and listen to this person play a great song on their saxophone, and you're like, "Ah, oh, it was great, man. Have a good day." <laughs> no, throw money in his case, please. If you are moved by it, <laughs> you owe the world your action. Yeah, and
2: there's lots of people out there willing to help. Most of non most nonprofit uh, founders. Uh, will maybe team up with someone who also has that passion. They'll start with seed money from their friends and family uh, and, and put it together and make it happen. You know, Maybe they work a day job and do it at night and weekends. I dance at night. <laughs> so uh, the issue
0: with here, with this whole thing is people, it's easier to give lots of money mm-hmm. than it is to take action and, and do the need yourself.
2: It is. It's sort of the, the bare minimum of activism. and, and there's a, people get flack for that, um, which I, I don't think is very well placed in a, in a lot of cases. Um, but you know volunteering, I think, is the the next step up from that, you know, physically giving your your time and being there in person. Um, and then the, the the furthest extreme is starting your organization for sure.
0: Yeah, so there's this spectrum of, uh, uh, let's call it vanity giving. Yeah, and then... slacktivism sometimes. Yeah. So uh, here, let me give you an example of the opposite of that. Recently, a, a tech entrepreneur um, in the central Indiana area who sold numerous companies for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, a guy named Don Brown uh, was the CEO of Interactive Intelligence and a lot of other places, just gave $30 million uh, to Indiana University for cancer research. And I, I know Don a little bit. He it was on my radio show in the past on a, uh, the CEO series we did. Fascinating guy. Was a tech entrepreneur despite the fact that he went to med school. And then in his 50s, he was going back to get another da- graduate degree just within the last few years at Johns Hopkins and something I came to pronounce that science was involved. And this guy gave $30 million. And, and Stephen, when I hear this, it's the opposite of a vanity gift. It's a yes. there's a problem, and we need to solve it. Yeah, and I don't
2: know him, but I'm guessing there was some connection to that cause. I mean, he had a medical background, sure. like you said. You know, that gift was not the result of of the cancer center saying, "Hey, it's tax time, and you better get a gift in before <laughs> <Yeah>. December 31st. <laughs> that's they a heck of an email. If yeah, it was.
0: that's pretty good. No, but he's one of those guys. Like, whatever he touches turns to gold. Mm-hmm. And I, when I found out about his gift. I was just touched because I was thinking, this is so good for cancer research because this dude's a winner, mm-hmm. and he refuses to lose, and 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 maybe that'll pay off for so many people. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, what what do you have to say to folks that we're, they're hearing this and like, oh, this is cute, and they've never personally felt that dopamine release through a through a charitable act, uh, not oh, I'm going to ladle some soup. At the soup kitchen, standing in line behind the other eight people ladling soup. I mean, something. Like, what do you say to those
2: people? I think that some responsibility falls on the nonprofit receiving those gifts to generate those good feelings. Okay. And that it's not necessarily the donor's fault if they don't feel it. But, you know, maybe the nonprofit did not do a good job of thanking the donor. A lot of donors do not get thanked. 13% of donors do not get thanked on average. Um, and maybe they got a perfunctory thank you and, and they never, 13%? 13% of donors never get thanked for their gifts. Oh. Um, maybe they got thanked, but there was no, you know, reporting on the outcome of the gift or telling some sort of story of the impact of that gift. And, you know, th- that, that is the responsibility of the nonprofit at the end of the day. And the organizations that do a good job of that, they're going to get those $30 million gifts.
0: Yeah, it, growing up, uh, we grew up in a, a nice uh, upper-middle-class family, and my dad had a lot of friends that, who I would, I would view, in retrospect, and even at the time as a young kid, as extraordinary members of, of the community. And I could identify that these were people that, that not had wealth, that was not really the identifying factor, but they were significant to their community, and they were because they, and, and now, in retrospect, they made extra efforts to be part of the community and to serve the community and it's always sort of been in my uh, my mind that i want that sort of life i want this life where you're, and i'm not saying i have it i i, I want this idea where be, you become important to your community mm-hmm. and and to me that means that you you are cheering for your community and not yourself right and and i think as you try to explore things that can move you and give you that dopamine rush of giving Ask yourself the question, are you, are you putting yourself in a position to your community and, and giving to them? Because when I have, to whatever degree, it's an amazing feeling, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I just love it. And, and here's another side effect, Stephen, I'm curious as to how you feel about this. And this is not the reason to give, but when you start giving and when you start doing stuff, don't even worry about the money, but the true acts and how they impact people from a networking and, and relationship building and mm-hmm. weird things happen. Yeah. There are definitely benefits there. People ask you to be on boards. Absolutely. People ask you to, to come to this event and meet these people. And it's interesting. Yeah.
2: I mean, you said it. I mean, you can create many new relationships through charitable giving that you wouldn't have been able to do by just spending the money on
0: yourself. Yeah. I, 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 we're not going to get political. Cause I know okay. I did that last week <laughs> for some stupid reason on the show. Um, we often look for other people to solve the problems of our society. And and Mm -hmm. some people look to the government, some people look to the church, some people, but if you're not looking within yourself, what are are you doing? If you're taking more from the community than you're giving, you're the problem. And if you're not giving, you're taking. And those are my words, not yours. So uh, if you don't want to associate with those comments, (laughs) get out. I agree. You know, it's like, come on. I get so frustrated with that stuff. <laughs> All right, we got one more second, four minutes. Coming up after the break, uh, Stephen Shattuck, CEO. Not that one, the chief engagement officer. A uh, CEO. A CEO of Bloomerang, Orange Panda. Uh, <laughs> coming up after the break, more uh, with him, including biggest waste of money uh, of the week. This is The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete
1: Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from. And look out for the lumberjacks running with the gale force wind at my This back. week's
0: biggest waste of money the week, Enduring, the Bloom here on the Million Dollar calm. Plan, brought to you by. Calm. Brought to you by hey, you might have time before the end of the, the, end of the year. Still jump on PeteThePlanner.com and, and get the BOGO offer. The BOGO. Buy one, get one. Buy a copy of your Money Life, your somethings, and get another one 50% off. Which actually works out the 25% off the whole order, but let's not split hairs. Steven, you've got this week's biggest waste of money of the week. Uh, what do you think it is? It's, um,
2: so much pressure.
0: There's um, a lot of pressure because I have a really good one that I sunsetted until next week <laughs> because of this.
2: Well, um, I think that we've been talking about charitable giving. If you are being bullied into giving, uh, yeah. and you know, I'm not talking about someone a street fundraiser, someone walking up to you and kind of making their pitch, but donating to something when you don't really have... A particular passion maybe you feel you feel guilty by from the asker not you feel the backed cost. in beyond guilt yeah. is backed into a corner yeah yeah I, I've been there and maybe that's to answer your previous question why people don't get that dopamine rush it's because they didn't really give in a way that achieves their philanthropic goals they allowed someone else's philanthropic goals to sort of be inserted into the act
0: so you have homework this week not you Stephen. oh well you have homework too okay do something for your community this week that serves you, okay? So you got to do something Mm -hmm. that gives you a dopamine rush for for giving to your community. Um, Million Dollar Plan, the name of this show, represents to some degree living this extraordinary life, and I I don't think you can do that if all of your money is meant to serve you and you alone. Um, I don't want that life. I mean, to, to, to be a lonely, selfish, wealthy person is of no interest to me. Uh, you you want to be a significant member of your community. So your homework this week is to find a way to do something significant to serve your community. And if you need examples, go to Walmart or Meijer or Target and buy some stocking caps and walk around your community. And if you see a homeless person, hand it to them and say, Merry Christmas, stay warm. Something, right? Um Keep your eyes open on Twitter and mm-hmm. social media, and you, you're watching the news at night, Stephen. And you hear that someone's yeah. Christmas was stolen from them. Yeah. Uh, d- d- go to their house and and and, and steal their Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. No, go to their house and and take them a gift. Like just be part of the community. Get so angry. One, like, get angry.
2: Yeah. If you're already anger, angry, do something about it.
0: Yeah. Don't just sit there and go, Oh man, that stinks for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, do something. I've been on a soapbox this whole episode. I just feel really strongly about it. And uh, here's my disclaimer for the week. I'm not pretending to know that I uh, or that I know everything about this. It's just that I've had a good experience um, in, in giving and in being an active member of my community, and I want the same for you. That's the whole point. I, I want you to experience the joys that I've uh, enjoyed in that regard. All right, Stephen, you're on the spot with a minute left, less than a minute, so don't get long-winded here. What's your... What are you currently moved by with an organization, which is tough for you to say, I know you're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to pick your favorite child is what I'm doing. Wow. That's a tough one. Um, or something you are
2: moved by, not the most moved, but currently moved. I'm moved by fundraisers, by people who work at nonprofits that don't make a lot of money. They make way less than they should. Um, and it's, it's hard work. It's maybe, you know, there are a few other uh, occupations other than maybe educators and and a few others that uh, I put on that pedestal. And if you know a fundraiser, give them a hug. (laughs) Tell them them you appreciate what they do for a living because they could probably be very successful and, and a lot more wealthier in the for profit community doing the same tasks. Um, give them a hug and tell them how, how awesome they are
0: people can learn more about you at bloomerang.com which redirects to bloomerang.co it does it's fancy uh, anyway uh, Stephen Shattuck Chief Engagement Officer uh, Patriots fan thanks for joining yeah. us on the show and good luck at the Super Bowl this year thank you because um, you know that's going to happen unfortunately so Probably. this is all we have time for this week I encourage you to do more for your community do something for your community do it for yourself too because it feels good uh, and I'm reminding you, I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that I have in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Million Dollar price.
1: If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like then hit us up at com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash
0: podcast. Log
1: on. This is for information purposes. Only, it's not
0: the Swiss venture planning the flights. Consult a venture devisor.
1: From Everest, the fresh is fresh. And you can call me E.T. or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings. From a far away land, I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone so enjoy yourself love try can restore your health i bring you greetings Uh, salutations how you doing and is that how y'all say it the tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little little star i sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound to travel to my other world out of this world spaceship on my arm Salutations, I bring you Love trying, greetings from my faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?